Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. I just had to do a slow clap for blessed. Yep. Uh, what an event <laughs> we just had Saturday night. Our first UFC event on ABC. Um, it was a great card, but Dominic Salee, we start a new week. How are you doing? Doing well. This is... A- this is it, you know. This is it. Yeah. With starting with on Friday's preview, this whole block, this whole week of content is about to be crazy. Episode today, we got an episode coming tomorrow. I guess they're listening, so I'm putting it their terms. <laughs> yeah. Then Thursday, then Friday, then another Monday. So many fights, so many great fights. But it was started off first ever card on ABC, first UFC card of 2021. What a great card! Capped off by one of the best performances I've ever witnessed in my life. Yeah. Pre- just unbelievable. Prelims were a little shaky, but they were okay. You know, we just were happy to be watching fights again. But then that main card oh, was that just card. electric. Unbelievable. Yeah, Three so- first-round finishes to start the card. Then a great and co-main event between the two welterweight legends. Uh, goes the decision, and then Holloway Cater. I mean, you got to think they're going to want them on ABC again. Oh, after that, it's going to be hard to say yeah. they won't. Yeah, but uh, obviously we'll be breaking down all the results from hashtag UFC Fight Island 7, capped off with Max Holloway with the performance of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that might stay true for the yeah. whole year uh, over Calvin Cater. But before that, you all know what time it is. It's time for the news. The news. March is looking crazy. March is unbelievable. March is going off. I don't know what the UFC's thinking, but but I'm not going to be able to withstand all of this. Um, The end of March is what we're talking about here. March 20th, we got Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill, two top 15 light heavyweights. Is Jamal Hill ranked? He is now after the OSP win. So two top 15 light heavyweights uh, going for a scrap. That is March 20th. What do you think of that fight? That's very interesting. Uh, striker grappler Paul Craig the great submission artist but still very good on the feet and then Jamal Hill the KO artist undefeated a lot of ways this fight could play out and that's really a perfect pairing I'm excited for that it's 14 versus 15 Um, I know Craig probably would have liked to maybe went a little higher you know than fighting someone behind him but still Jamal Hill one of the top prospects probably the top prospect him and Jimmy Crew in that division and uh, Craig is very much out of the prospect mold now. now he's very he much an established man. He's a he is who he is at this point. I mean, he could still get better, but he he is a veteran at this point. I think he's had enough experience to where that is an asset to him. So that you know, Jamal Hill, who still has a very limited sample size of fights, uh, it could be very interesting. And you're right, striker versus grappler. Uh, Craig does have some nice power on the feet. Mm-hmm. He also is shown to not really like to get hit. <laughs> Not that anybody does, but he he does seem to, at times, early on in his career, he would kind of fold Mm -hmm. once he got hit in the mouth a little bit. Um, And we'll see if that kind of is the case here. I really like this matchup. I like it for both guys. Uh, I think for both of them, a win is their biggest win of their career, and it can catapult them into like a top ten. Oh, for sure. That's really perfect matchmaking in terms of where they're ranked, where they're at in their careers. Every which way you look at it, that's just a great fight. Mm -hmm. Then, a week later, March 27th, we got our main event and co-main event for UFC 260. By the way, so now if you remember on Friday, this means there's two pay-per-views in the month of March. We've got March 6th, UFC 259, which which is is three title fights. Three title fights. Uh, Blahovich Adesanya. Blahovich Adesanya. Megan Anderson, Amanda Nunes. uh, Peter Jan, Aljamain Sterling. Mm -hmm. Then... 21 days later, we have another pay-per-view with two more title fights. And they're big ones. Five title fights in the month of March. Yep. Tell them what these two are. The co-main event. This one's very relevant to oh, what it we're going to be now. about today. <laughs> Alexander Volkanovsky, the man who technically beat Max Holloway twice and yeah. is our current reigning, defending UFC men's featherweight champion. He's defending against... <laughs> Brian Ortega 2.0 T-City T-City so that's a great fight Ortega's performance against Korean Zombie I know everybody's wanting this matchup everybody's thinking that this is Ortega's time Um, but Volkanovski beat Max twice Yeah, Max 
destroyed Ortega. Ortega. So MMA math is not something you ever want to get involved in. But I'm just saying I'm very interested to see how this fight plays out. I think this fight could do a lot for, obviously, if Ortega wins, then we're looking at this whole 2.0 thing as like, okay, this wasn't just a one-off. This guy is for real, like, new. It totally evolved martial artist. But for Volkanovski, you know, we've been guilty of it on here. We kind of talk about him almost like a what do they call it like a paper champion yeah like, like we're, we're looking for him to get that one really decisive convincing win yeah. not that his first win to get the belt over max wasn't convincing yeah but then to go in and make your first defense and everybody thinks you lost it's yeah. just it's a weird taste in your mouth yeah it's just yeah it, it, he's in a weird spot in like our eyes and you know i don't necessarily agree with people like shitting on him he yeah i mean volkanovsky's incredible yeah he doesn't decide the fights and the fact i mean obviously you saw how max treated cater who yeah. is a very great yeah. striker and volkanovsky went 10 rounds with them yeah. and technically won, won seven six, seven of them yeah seven and in the eyes of the judges he yeah. won seven of them so when you look at it like that like the guy's really good yeah yeah oh for so sure this I mean, he hasn't be, lost in like 20 fights yeah so this, and this is a guy who is like five six, right? Yeah, really guy. short. Yeah, but not too long ago he was a professional rugby player at two hundred and ten pounds. Yeah, big guy. And now he's the champion of the UFC at one hundred and forty five pounds. Now small guy. So, yes, he's had to lose a lot of weight, but there's something about when you're when you're at that size, you always kind of carry that kind of mm. that power, that strength with you a little bit at least. Yeah, I mean, confirmed Volkanovski is the pound for pound king. <laughs> when you look <laughs> yeah. at that, that um, yeah. this really is a great fight, though. Like, how do you see this going stylistically? There's so many. Alexander's a great wrestler, but stayed on the feet with Max for ten rounds. Yeah, he did. Ortega with his striking, he showed against. Korean zombie, you don't want to strike with that dude, but then you don't want to go on the ground with Ortega. Very, very interesting. A lot of intangibles here. This is like one of the most exciting title fights lined up here for 2021 so far. Yeah, completely agree. I, I'm just happy that this is the fight they're going with. You know, everybody was so impressed with Ortega after that Korean zombie win. And it's nice to see that the UFC are committing to that fight. It's a fight that makes sense. Stylistically, I really don't know how this fight's going to go, which makes it even more intriguing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fact that we're going to have a hard time when it comes March to when we have to actually like break this down and really give our predictions on it. It's going to oh, be a very hard fight to predict. 100%. Either guy could get knocked out. Either guy could get submitted. Either guy could win by a decision, in my opinion. I, I truly think either of these guys could win anywhere, and that's yeah. kind of the best fights. It, it really is. You can't ask for a better stylistic matchup. Like, we thought the Craig, Jamal Hill, then we get this one, <laughs> yeah. and then... Yeah. Oh, well. So that was the co-main event. Yeah, that's co-main. <laughs> Our main event for UFC 260. The big He's boys. back. The heavyweight goat, Stipe Miocic. <laughs> and... He's, he's also better. back. <laughs> the Predator, Francis The boogeyman Ngannou. of the heavyweight division. Uh, they're fighting for their second time. UFC 220. Yeah, Boston, the, Massachusetts. The first time they fought, you know, Francis came in like a wrecking ball <laughs> uh, through his first few UFC fights. Um, gets matched up after literally flatlining Alistair Overeem. Yeah. Three months after that, he goes up against Stipe. I remember that was probably... In my years of watching so far, it's probably one of the most hyped I've ever been for a fight. Yeah. I mean, Stipe's our guy. Well, I love Francis, too. Yeah. Stipe's yeah. my favorite fighter of all time. But Francis is, like, up there for me as well. Like, oh, I yeah. love Francis and Ghana. And what a, like, him. a gentle giant, Yeah, too. like, I just love, you know, I, how can you not, right? Yeah. Stipe wrote the book on how to beat him that night. World class. It he was, survived the storm in round one. Yeah. Got hit a lot. But got hit a lot, it. but he never got dropped. Yeah. Never. And then from rounds two through five, ooh. one-sided. Ooh. I mean, just beat, beat down. Him. Yeah, and I mean, Francis. I mean, that was uh, what, you remember the Habib. He quote? took Francis's soul. You remember the the Habib quote for the Gaethje fight where he's like, "I'm going to take him into deep waters yeah. and drown him." Yeah. That's what that yeah, reminds that's me a, of. Yeah, yes, it is. So, that's I true. mean, Francis looked like he was drowning. Yeah, I mean, and you saw what it did. That left a lasting effect on Francis. Yeah, he went into the Derek Lewis fight and didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, he, it really took so him to. He it really to, took him a, almost a year after that yeah. to really get back his his mojo, I guess. And when he got the mojo back, he's what four first round finishes yeah, in a row now. I think so. So because he knocked out uh, Curtis Blades. Yep. Uh, 
Cain Velasquez. Yep. Junior Dos Santos. Yep. And then Rosenstreich. Is, yeah. the, is that the. And I'm pretty sure if you combine all four, it's been less than an entire full round, five minutes. I think you're right. Um, Stipe has fought three times in three years, essentially. And they were all against the same guy. Yeah. And uh, one went, let's see. Was it first round? And then. First one went like four and a half minutes yeah. into the first. Then a fourth round finish for him over DC. Yeah. Then a decision the, victory decision. in the last one. So. I am glad to see that he's committing to this March day. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I think the three times in three years with DC wasn't all like, it wasn't Stipe like trying to stay inactive. And he even said that like, yeah, yeah. It was the, the injury, the eye, and... the ret, like his retina, like it was. And now it's crazy too. Like, so now this is going to be March 27th, 2021. He fought Francis in the first title fight in March of 2018. So in three years, literally it will be almost three full years. Stipe's fought two opponents. DC three times and Nganu twice. Yeah, that's a great point. So my question for you is, and I know that this is probably a topic for when we actually break it down, but just early thoughts here. I'm scared, just like the first time. So do you feel like what you've seen from Nganu since then, do you feel he's a better fighter in the second fight than he was I don't know if I can necessarily say that because it's all been the same result. Mm -hmm. Like Nganu's first run, he tore through everyone. Really, we saw more octagon time out of Francis in his first run before he earned the title. He even shot. submitted. Yeah, uh, he had a submission. Did he submit win. Blades? He submitted. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't Blades. Blades. No. He KO'd him twice. I forget who it was, but it was a Kimura. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And then um, he fights Stipe. Obviously, goes five rounds, loses, loses the decision. Then it's been four straight first round finishes. We've not even got to see him get tested. So I can't say much about Ngannou, but all I can say is that he hits like a truck. He has tree trunks for hands. We've said this on every episode we talk about him. And it takes one shot. That's where I'm just scared being a Stipe fan. You know, Stipe is 37. Yeah. Um, we saw him get getting, knocked out by DC. Yeah, I mean, the, the two, and then he was getting beat up in the second fight, but then had the big, you know, we always talk about his mm-hmm. uh, pulling that, that, uh, that rabbit out of the hat, yeah. you know, with the body work. Um, then that third fight, he looked great. He did look good in the third fight. And um, my question more so isn't, is Francis better? Which I think is going to be everybody's question. My question is more, is, is Stipe still Stipe? I think Stipe still Stipe, but can he go a whole first round like the first time with Ngannou and take those shots this time around after being knocked out by DC? He even got rocked in the third fight a little bit, Got took shots in the second one. That's where my worry is, but I, I do think... You know, over the course of five rounds, it does favor Stipe. Mm-hmm. But again, we haven't seen Nganu get out of the first. Maybe he's gotten a little better condition. He's got to be ready for that wrestling he's, this time. Oh, if he's not ready for it, it's going to be over again. That's what I'm you saying. Know? And then you got to know that that's been sticking with him oh, for yeah. the whole time. And the fact that it's taken him... Look, he earned probably a title fight. I mean, he earned it off the Rosenstrike fight. But that's going to be almost a year by the time this fight happens. Mm-hmm. So he had to really wait for this shot. I feel bad for Francis in that regard. I, I really do too. Do. And that's not really on anybody because Stipe DC, Stipe DC had to have that trilogy. And if you're Francis, you're not going to take another fight and risk it. He he earned it. He earned it with three. He wanted, then d- just did a fourth one. He wanted the Rosenstrike fight to be for like an interim yeah, belt. Yeah. And they wouldn't do that. They did it with uh, instead with Tony and Gaethje. So, so that kind of stuck a crawl with them. But Stipe, look, he said he didn't want to, after he beat DC the third time, he said it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't his decision. It wasn't his choice to wait a year mm-hmm. in between these title fights. It was more so that he just had to recover from some serious injuries. Right. And, and now, he said, So he wanted to be more active is basically what he was saying. And now he's proving that. He's coming back about six months later. I was going to say, that was in August, right? Steve yeah. DC3. Um, so now we're seeing him in March. And, I, you know, the good thing about having this in March Regardless of who wins this, we more than likely see him one more time in 2021. Well, especially well, you would depending think. on how quickly it ends. We yeah. could, we, if we it's could Nganu it. that wins, I know for a fact he'll fight again in 2021. Yeah. If Stipe wins, it all depends on how the fight goes. But with it being March, he could take literally a six-month layoff and mm-hmm. still fight again. And there's so. going to be one guy probably watching this fight very close to Oh, me. you're damn right. Uh, John Jones is yep. definitely going to be watching this fight very close I mean, Dana has essentially said the winner of this. John will fight for the mm-hmm. belt. So, look, I'm looking. The, heavyweight the month division, of March is heavyweight divisions looking very exciting yeah. for 2021. But yes, the month of March in particular for the UFC five title fights. 
Yeah. Two pay-per-views. Then the the freaking fight night on the uh, in between there that we talked about with the three fights on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's like a main card of a pay-per-view Damn. within itself. Yeah. I feel bad for February because January's <laughs> be going huge already. Yeah. March is going to be crazy. February's like, oh, we got to deliver. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's ultimately what it comes yeah. down to. Fights aren't made on paper. They're yeah. made in the octagon. You know. So. Uh, that's all of our fight announcements for today, but we do have one big story for the rest. Yeah. So we have, I don't think we've talked about it that much in this podcast, but it seems like everybody else. Yeah. And this has been annoying the shit out of me. Now it's our turn. Yeah. We're going to give our two yeah. cents. So Dana has been saying that he was going to meet with Habib when they went to Fight Island for this run in January. Yep. And all of a sudden, MMA media took that. And, and ran with ran, it. And when I say ran with it, I mean Usain Bolt sprinted <laughs> with it. Every interview Dana has done since then has been, what's what's this meeting going to be like? Are you Is it going to be quick? Is it gonna, Do you have an idea of what most, he's going to say? The most annoying questions. and like I've really been so annoyed with people continuing to ask about this. Because really, I don't think it's... I didn't think it was that newsworthy. But Dana, being the very smart man he is, and Habib being the very smart man he is, they kind of ran with it. Oh, they promoted the shit out of it. They basically treated this like LeBron when the he decision. decided the decision. Yeah. The video of them going into the room together. <laughs> well, then so Habib fun. posted well, that, that video. That video Habib posted on story <laughs> cracked me up. Dana's just chilling in the yeah. chair. So, oh, man. Basically, and then they announced they were, this is what I get to the LeBron comparison. They said, tune in to yeah, the fights yeah. on ABC, and you will hear at 3 o'clock. <laughs> What Habib's decision was. So my dumbass is sitting in the chair. Right when 3 o'clock hits, I'm thinking, all right, they're going straight to this. Then they're going to play the promo for the ABC fights. Nope. They played the promo, got the broadcast rolling, then did the first main card fight. So then we're talking like 320 at this point. Then here comes Dana sliding in like Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. Yep. And then there's none, you know. Here's, so, here's so, the, tell, so I think we have a difference of opinion on this. I'll let you give your point of view first. So essentially, Dana says, Habib is going to be watching UFC 257 closely. We all know that that's headlined by McGregor Poirier, co-mained by Chandler and Hooker. So four lightweights, top ten lightweights. Um, he's going to be watching that closely. And Habib was also very impressed with Charles Oliveira's win over Tony Ferguson. Very happy to hear that. Shout mm-hmm. out. Do Bronx. Then goes on to say, Habib said that if someone does something spectacular, something that tickles his fancy, as I like <laughs> to say, then he will consider returning, but he does not want to hold up the division, hold on to the belt. So I, this is going to lead me into one more part that wasn't mentioned on this broadcast, but it was mentioned in the post-fight presser. After 2.57... Dana flies back to Vegas on that Sunday. Habib is also going to be in Vegas. They're going to reconvene over dinner in Vegas and discuss and have the decision 2.0, essentially, <laughs> where the real decision will be made. Are you yeah. coming back? Are you not? Did anybody you know, blow your socks off? And if not, he's going to give up the belt. If someone did something he liked, he's going to choose to fight them. Dana said it's up to Habib who he wants to defend the belt So basically, what you're, by the way you're talking, what your opinion is that this decision was that there wasn't a decision. Yeah. Essentially, yes, long-winded. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a decision, but at the same time, it's kind of like the same. I mean, yes, I was under the impression he's retired. Mm-hmm. So he essentially said, eh, maybe I'm not retired. I don't know. It's just a big maybe. Yeah. You know. I mean that's that's true. It's not. It wasn't a yes or no like Dana had basically <laughs> right. set up. But I mean, he didn't know what Habib was going right. to say. And yeah, I my opinion more so is that this was kind of surprising to me. I really thought he was going to stay retired. You thought it was going to be a straight up no on the yeah, broadcast. I thought it was going to be a straight up no. And when they were like showing the little, uh, when they were doing the little videos and stuff, I told you guys in our like uh, UFC group chat we're in. I said that I thought that they had already probably agreed to something, mm-hmm. whether it was that he was going to drop the bell right. or that there was a fight, and they were just kind of playing it up. Yeah. Because after they did this meeting, they went and shot uh, an episode of Dana White looking for a yeah, fight. That's my biggest takeaway with, from this weekend, With the Eagle, by the way. Eagle Fighting Championship, yeah. Habib's new promotion, which I thought was a was cool and probably made kind of put this in perspective for me yeah. that this meeting wasn't... I don't know how legitimate mm-hmm. it really was, but at the end of the day, 
I'm actually intrigued by this because Habib has said, let's be honest, it, to me, the, there's only one chance, there's only one of these four fighters that I can see Habib, if they have a truly impressive performance that Habib will fight, and I think it's Conor McGregor. I don't think he'll fight Poirier again. I don't think he'll fight Dan Hooker, and I don't think he'll fight Michael Chandler, no matter how impressive they look. And you don't think Oliveira? No. I think it was nice to mention Oliveira, but I, even though I would like to see it, yeah, I think Oliveira gives him. That's a, I think Oliveira gives him the hardest fight of all those guys. Yeah. Hot take right there. Yeah. But I, I just think that he mentioned. I think he just it was it was kind of mentioned in passing, and I think that's kind of how Oliveira is being treated in this grand scheme of things. Is yeah. that I don't think that they're gonna do that. Um, Oliveira might be looking at like a Gaethje fight here soon, so that would be awesome. But regardless. It was news to me because I really thought Habib was just done. Right. And he left the door open. How much so, I don't know. I don't know what the conversation was. Habib has not really elaborated. It was more Dana just saying what was said. And Dana wants him back. Oh, yeah. So he's Dana gonna, wants to so Dana, so Dana's going to leave the door open as much as possible. Um, and who knows how much so Habib actually did. But if Connor goes out there and let's say he did knock out Poirier in under 60 seconds, like he has said, uh, I de- I definitely think that there's a good chance for that rematch. But that's not how I see that fight going. I don't think I still think Khabib's going to end up staying retired. I you know I do as well. I but, really do. But you know if McGregor even if McGregor wins, if it's a five round dog fight, if it's a second, third, fourth, fifth round. TKO, whatever. I could totally see at least the, well, the the it'll at least be talked about quite a bit. I'm sure if Connor wins, he's gonna he's gonna oh yeah he's shoot, gonna take he's advantage gonna, of the mic. He's gonna shoot off on Habib. So we'll and, see. Well, and I just one more thing. It you know he says Habib needs to see something spectacular. Well, spectacular to Habib could be something different for you and me. What does he want? What is his definition of spectacular? Do you have to go out and do a spinning wheel kick? Do you have to do a flying knee? Do you have to just do something Habib didn't show, expect you to is do? Is it showing him something that you haven't seen before? So like for McGregor, some you know, I think he's got an underrated ground game. It, maybe but, it's like... But is it like, does he need to see like McGregor pull off a submission over Poirier? And he goes, oh, okay, so you can yeah. actually... Yeah, does Habib like need to see something where he's like, okay, this could be a challenge, so I'll do it yeah. and prove how good I am. Yeah, it's hard to say what's going on in his head, you know, through all this, but it does add some suspense to... It does. The pay-per-view. I mean, well, the pay-per-view if there wasn't def- already enough p- pressure and eyes on 257... Yeah, I saw I, I saw a tweet. Uh, I don't I don't remember it word for word, but it was essentially calling it like uh, UFC 257 uh, Habib's Contender Series, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. He's like the puppet master. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out and what what kind of decision is made in the following days after. Um, I'm just not so sure it'll actually happen, right. but it was news to me that he's at least open to it. I figured he was like legitimately done. Yeah, 100%. But that is all for the news. The news. Let's recap some fights, Dom. Well, three of them are really quick. <laughs> yeah, so we had <laughs> we have our five-fight main card from Saturday. Um, I'm just going to go through the results here, and then we'll go fight by fight. Uh, we opened our main card at middleweight. The two undefeateds, one of those O's has got to go, and boy did it. Oh, it went flying. Puna Haley Soriano. Puna Haley Soriano. Getting a big TKO win over Dusko Todorovic. Four minutes, 48 seconds of the very first round. Second fight, also at middleweight. Alessio DiCherico getting the head kick knockout. He Gabriel gonzaga that man. (laughs) Yes, he did. uh, With the head kick KO over Joaquin Buckley. Two minutes, 12 seconds in the first round. Probably the biggest upset of the night, I would say. That or Or. this next one here at welterweight. Lee Jingliang. Getting the knockout punch oh, over yeah. Santiago Ponzanibio, four minutes twenty five seconds of the very first round. Yeah, all three of those, by the way, not TKOs, <laughs> KOs. You told me oh. after. Um, actually, well, I'll finish this and then we'll get into okay. that. Co-main event, also at welterweight, legend fight, 
Carlos Condit beating Matt Brown via decision, unanimous decision, 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards. Don't necessarily agree with the scorecards. I thought it was 29-28, Condit. You actually had a 29-28 Brown. I did. So I think that shows this fight was great. It was a lot closer. every bit of it. A lot closer than those scorecards might lead you to believe. They had a fight that I think we all expected. Yeah, both guys turning back the clock a little bit or at least just putting it all out there. You know, they're a couple steps slower, but they have no less amount of heart than Mm -hmm. they had in their prime. And lastly, our main event at Featherweight, Max Holloway said, y'all must have forgot. He said, me. He said, Noah, you must have forgot how good I am. Gets the unanimous decision win over Calvin Cater. Listen to these scorecards, folks. This isn't a typo. 50-43, 50-43, 50-42. That's the second 50-42 in UFC history. The only other one. Rich Franklin over David Loazzo. Shout out Rich Franklin, Ohio boy. And, and for those of you that are confused on those scorecards, this is what that means. 50-43 means that Max had two 10-8 rounds. 50-42 means that Max had three out of five rounds scored a 10-8 that's dominance. It was dominance. Calvin Cater showing tough as shit. Showing an unlimited amount of heart and even landing some good shots of his own, but it just wasn't an it, oh. he he ran into a a machine. He ran night. into a different animal last yeah. night. Um but we'll get into that. Yeah, but before we uh get into the first fight here, uh what was funny was those first two fights happened, first round, quick finishes, and uh you texted me and you're yeah. like I might actually get to watch all these fights yeah. because, fun fact, you had to work. Yes, yes. At what was it, five thirty? I had to be at work at five thirty, and, and this card started three three o'clock Eastern. Yeah, for, to put it into perspective. So you were like, man, I might get to watch the main event from home. Yeah, if, I, if it yeah. keeps going like this, now you did end up watching it from work. They had because with all the with three straight first round finishes, they had to fill the airtime. So there's so many commercials and promos, <laughs> and I'm like. Damn it, this is actually playing out worse. <laughs> that there's so many uh, first-round finishes, but I did get to watch the entire fight at work yeah. on the computer, Max and Cater, but uh, we'll start with the first fight. Yeah. So, Punahele Soriano, Dusko Todorovic, these are the two undefeated prospects going at it. Uh, give your thoughts here. So, it really started out as just an, an aggressive feeling out round. Yeah. Not like a relaxed that we see a lot when people feel each other. Felt out. Like, it was aggressive. Felt like they were trying to one up. They were yeah. like uh, they were trying to be like I'm the I'm the yeah. guy, the prospect. Yeah. I'm the one. And uh, Dusko was leaving his hands low a lot, and that led to some openings for Puna, and he landed. And when he landed, that shit hurt. It. And uh, this fight was almost stopped like a minute and a half sooner. He from like three three and. Minutes and 30 seconds to 4.48 was all Puna. Yeah. Like, putting it on Todorovic. Uh, and the fight just so happened to keep going. Todorovic's mouthpiece fell out in between the octagon and cage. They lost it, which is the second time that's happened yeah. on Fight Island. So that gave him, like, one whole minute to chill, which kind of sucked for Puna with all the momentum. But then as soon as they gave him the backup mouthpiece, Puna goes <laughs> right back in and uh, ends up finishing the fight. I was very impressed with Punahele last night. I really was. Dusko didn't look bad, but once he was hurt, that was it. Yeah. Even if he would have made it out of that first round, he was so banged up, the second round probably would have went much the same. Yeah, uh, big win for Soriano. I know um, I did a little bit more digging in this fight after we kind of broke it down. And just seeing kind of the power that that guy had, I figured that would be his advantage here, while Todorovic maybe had more of the full arsenal of weapons, yeah, I guess, or yeah. maybe the more technical style. I don't know, but he had a few flaws in his striking here in that defense-wise. He yeah. was leaving his hands low. Um, Soriano taking full advantage of that. and What a performance. You it's know. in Hawaii, boys. Born in Hawaii, yeah. Punaheles, just like Max Holloway. and uh, I was very happy. To, or I shouldn't say happy because, I mean, I Todorovic, we broke him down here before. He's he looked good, really man. good. He before. does have potential. Uh, so I definitely think that potential is still there. I just think I think his striking defense might need a little work. Um, while Soriano, man, that was. He had just a well-put performance. No real flaws. Didn't get hit too much. Uh, and when he hit, man. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to really bombs. say anything else. You know, he's going to obviously get another fight here, and 
if he has another big knockout win, then he a couple could be fights away from number, top yeah. 15. I mean, so. again, 8-0 no now. A lot of those via finish. So, mm-hmm. excited to see where both of these guys go. But, of course, with the winner and Punahele, of course, more excited to see what's next for him. And for yeah. Dusko, he will bounce back. I yeah. do not doubt that He looked so good in that fight we broke him down on before yeah. that I have no, I think it was Daquan Townsend he, he yeah. beat up. Uh, I think for sure that guy's definitely got a and, lot of And we've talked stuff. about this before. When, when these undefeated fighters finally get that first loss, it's not all bad. It, it almost feels like maybe they get just a lot of pressure lifted off their shoulders when they're not perfect anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Instead of being worried about losing that O, oh, you're just going in there to try to put on yeah, the best performance exactly. you can do. So, interesting to see how he bounces back. Yeah. Now, this next one I think we have some takeaways for. Alessio DiCirico. De- 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 <laughs> Getting that head kick KO over Joaquin Buckley. Now, we both predicted a first-round KO for Buckley. Yeah. However, I'm going to give myself a little mm. bit of a pat on the back, and not that you disagreed with this at all. We were hesitant yeah. <laughs> because we had not completely bought into Buckley yet. I know his only loss in the UFC was to Kevin Holland. Which looks better and better yeah. by the day. But he was beat up in that fight and got finished in that fight. And just because he had such an amazing KO over Impa, and then he followed that up with that really nice knockout of uh, Jordan Jordan Wright, Wright. um, I still wasn't on this train that's like, oh, this guy's like top 15. And and a lot of people, including myself, thought this was kind of just a tune-up. Well, to pad Buckley stats I, here. And to be fair, that's why I predicted it yeah. the way I did. I mean, Tariq was on a three-fight losing I, streak. I still was looking at it, and I was like, yeah, I know he's on a three-fight losing skid, but I'm like, I, I could totally see him pulling this one out. Um, didn't expect it to happen the way it did. No. Um, Buckley, man, kind of talked himself into looking a little bit foolish. Yeah. Uh, he, he definitely was very confident, and he kept saying, like, tell me you're – like, he was like, well, you ain't scared of me mm-hmm. and stuff like that. At the weigh-ins and confirmed, Alessio was not scared. Yeah, and Alessio was not even happy after the win. This is also true. Uh, he was very upset that they would not interview uh, a guy that just got Buckley. knocked out. Cold. Yeah, um, didn't do the best on the mic. Didn't take the most of the opportunity. Yeah, uh, uh, but regardless, what an impressive the performance! Knockout. He got the fifty k um, bonus. Yeah, he did, and you know, good, good on him. I, I, it's always just nice to see a guy whose back is against the wall, three straight losses. Um, a couple of those by finish, I believe. Probably on the brink of getting cut. Yeah, and then he it. comes in here and has an explosive knockout over a guy who had the most explosive knockout maybe you'll ever see. I mean, he shut down one of the UFC's biggest hype trains going into 2021. Yeah, so I, it's that's got to feel good. Maybe once the, the dust settles yeah. on him being so angry, he can just appreciate that. That was a huge moment oh, for him. Yeah. It might be the biggest moment he'll ever have in his career, so you would hate to see him sour it by being so like negative. Yeah, but right. Regardless for Buckley, um look, now you just gotta now you just gotta improve. Not saying yeah. that he hasn't been, but truthfully, like that knockout he had over Impa, like as impressive as it was, and even the follow up over Jordan Wright. That shine's going to be lost after this after yeah. this loss. Yeah. Now it's less about like, oh, look how impressive that was. You need to like, go out and just worry about winning the fight. Yeah, you know. And and, and I you know, I feel for him because he probably did have a lot of pressure to live up to. And we talked about that going into his Jordan Wright yeah, fight, you yes, know. Yes, he did. So go back to the drawing board, see what's next, see what kind of stylistic matchup they grant him. In terms of like well-rounded, you know, mixed martial artist, Trico – is very experienced, a crafty veteran. So it wasn't necessarily an easy fight for Buckley going in. It was just a fight you felt they were setting up to get one more win and then potentially put Buckley in with top 15 after that. Um, so Tariko shocked the world. He really did. Two minutes, 12 seconds. Didn't waste any time. Before that, really wasn't much going on in the fight. And uh, landed a beautiful KO, like Noah said. Looked just like the Gonzaga KO years ago. So... Hopefully Buckley can bounce back big, and then shout out again to Chirico. And uh, I'm interested to see what's next for him, to be honest. Especially yeah, after the weird, you know, <laughs> angriness. Anger, anger, yeah. Yeah, because him and his corner weren't too even really giving Dana White the time of day. So, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I don't know what's next for him. Um, you know, he, he has – it's not like he's just done all – it's not been all losses in UFC. He's been pretty much a 500 guy. Yeah, he's 4-5 and five now in yeah, the promotion. Yeah, so – it was definitely a win he needed because 
he also had lost to Kevin Holland and then Zach Cummings in his uh, Smith Rakich card. So, you know, he he definitely needed a win here. And I think him getting that, it, it's going to get him another fight, especially when you beat a guy who had the knockout of the year. Yeah. For Buckley, I would just say maybe stop talking so much. I mean, I, I appreciate the confidence, but, man, he he, he talked big. Up yeah, and it fight. was weird because he was so humbled after the – Head kick KO that he had. Yeah. Like, he did the interview with Ariel. He's like, I wasn't even full-time martial artist. I was working at a CVS, and I'm just thankful to, now I can do this full-time. And then he gets the other big KO, and it's like, all right. I don't want to say his head got too big, but it's like, now you're just brought back to reality. Like, Mm. you're not going to get a first-round miraculous KO every time. That's just not how it's going to be. Right. So, I don't doubt that he can bounce back. Yeah. And then our uh, next fight here. So three straight first round finishes, three straight underdog wins. Yeah. Li Jingliang getting that knockout win over Ponzinibbio, who was making his return after a two year layoff. Dom, what are your thoughts here? Because for me, at first I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like I predicted that. Like I felt good about it. I was like, "Man, like that was a." Then that, the. But then it was like the once jump, it settled, I was yeah. like, "Oh wait." Ponzinibbio lost. Yeah, I was like, man, that guy looked so good at one point in time. He was time. one of the like, best in the world. He headlined against Neil Magny and <clears throat> looked incredible for five rounds. And to see him, he he did he looked a lot. He definitely looked like he had ring rust. Yeah, it was... Um, this was another kind of like feeling out round, but your more typical feeling out round compared to that first one where I said it was so aggressive. Yeah. Um... There wasn't, again, when it ends in the first round, there's only so many takeaways, unfortunately. So, it's not even that Ponzinibbio looked bad. I mean, he looked sharp at times, but at other times, Lee looked really good. And then when the combo landed and that left hook hit flush, Ponzinibbio was out cold. I mean, that's... Shout out to the leech. He looked incredible. He looked good, lean. The best I've seen him look in his whole career was this fight. I mean, this... This, he's going to get top 15 next. Actually, sure. Dana said yeah. with that win, he's going to get a number next to his name. And he should. He, he should. should. I'm going to take a look. And I, Ponzinibbio definitely looked slower. He looked less explosive. And is it all is it all attributed to the ring rust? I'm not so sure about that. I think we might just, unfortunately for Ponzinibbio, you know, I just, I'm concerned that maybe we've seen the best of him already. Is that is that something that you feel? I hope not, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. And I don't want thirty four now. I don't want to talk that negatively because, for all we know, he could just use this as more uh, motivation and just he the next fight he'll be like, okay, got that over with. That coming yeah. back. It's not like him losing this is going to be like detrimental to his career. It shouldn't be. He because by all guess means what? could come back and make. I've said how underrated Li Jingliang is. The yeah. guy hasn't been top fifteen, but you know what? He's very much the welterweight version of Cheeto Vera. Yeah. A guy who's been kind of scrapping on these main cards of fight nights for years and now. And young still. And had some losses along the way. But he's always just he's always there for the fight. Never a guy who really... He's not a guy who just is like a punching bag getting finished. You know, he's constantly being outpointed if he's losing. And and now he's 10-4, and four, by the way, in the UFC. And he's I a mean, big welterweight, man. He looked... Dude, yeah, I was very Lean, impressed, and I love that nickname, cut. the Leech. The Leech. Yeah, I was very impressed. I'm very happy for him. Sad for Ponzinibbio, but uh, for just for Lee to get into that top 15, and now he's looking at. I mean, who would you even pair up for? Well, next? so it's funny right now because technically Connor's ranked at welterweight, 15th. Hamzat's 14th, so that's kind of weird. Wait, what? Yeah, at welterweight. Uh, they the rankings updated and they put Connor in. Oh, so it's a little awkward. Okay. Um, I guess that's because of the Cerrone win was at one seventy technically. Well, yeah, I'm I think gonna... I'm assuming that Connor will be taken off and they'll put Lee in there because they yeah. said that Lee got a number next to his. Yeah, name. and so obviously Lee's not going to take on like Hamza because he's booked with uh, with uh, Leon, and I don't want to see Lee versus Robbie Lawler because Robbie doesn't deserve that. Ooh, ooh, doesn't well, deserve you, it. We, no. I meant, like, no, 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 no. I meant it in the complete opposite way. He doesn't deserve to go in there and fight and get beat up again is what I meant. Ooh. Not that he doesn't oh, so deserve saying, the name. So you're saying he ain't, he's going to get beat up by the leech. No. Dom, you're talking about you're t- Robbie Lawler, my guy. You can't, you, can't, you can't come through with that foo-foo lame shit like that, Dom. 
I'll just say I don't want Lee to fight Robbie. Then. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Lee versus Bull Muhammad. I like that. That's fun. Actually, uh, I, I would think say Jeff Neal, but I'm gonna say Jeff Neal. I want Jeff to fight Vicente Luque, or else I would. Yeah, I get that. But uh, I'm, I'm either saying, of those, guys. I'm gonna say Jeff Neal. I I think um, Neal coming off that loss to. Uh, I think Thompson. those two could headline a fight night. You think Neil Jingliang? Yeah, they probably wouldn't, but I. But you think they could? Not that they'll. Now do that it. Neil has, even though he wasn't supposed to headline, since and with he has, Lee with China, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they 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 constantly have put him on those cards mm-hmm. in China. You know, he was on the card where uh, Wei Li won the belt. Um, he was on what other cards have they even? Had? He, oh, yeah, was, he on was on time. he was on the Blades and Ganu card. Yeah, the, that was, was at it? like four in the morning. Yeah, all the time. so he he was on that one. So yeah, I totally could see it. I don't think they will. I think I definitely think at this point it's a co-main. Oh yeah, I mean, Lee is a guy that people are gonna gravitate toward. I hope so. I've really enjoyed watching him in his career, and the fact that he's getting a shine now, I'm happy. You know, Ponzinibbio is there really Robbie Lawler? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. I think I, I, I even though it's a top fifteen guy. Yeah, it's technically a jump up from Lee, but, but at the same time, we've it's just not. it's just Robbie's just he's look, on the Robbie's thirteenth because he was literally like second. He was like number two or three before he went on this skid. Yeah, so he's kind of there. He's kind of only holding on by a thread in the rankings at this point. And, and if you're the UFC and still are looking to capitalize on Ponzinibbio, not saying he's guaranteed to beat Lawler, mm-hmm. but if he beats Robbie, then he's got a number next to his name again. And it's easier if you're the UFC to promote Ponzinibbio again, start moving him up the rankings. If you give him someone unranked, it's just a little tougher. And I think that's a fun matchup. Robbie's could hang around in that yeah, fight, I especially mean, after the Ponzinibbio we just seen. That's not a bad fight for yeah, either guy. I mean, I know you hate Robbie Lawler and everything, <laughs> but... I'm just kidding. I done messed up. Uh, no, I I definitely think that's a good matchup. I'm glad you said that because I, even though Ponzinibbio isn't ranked anymore and he's lost, still deserving. I think him. I definitely think you give a him guy another, like Robbie because yeah, he was in the top ten, borderline yeah. top five at one time. You know, maybe give him another chance to yeah. show he still belongs. So that that would make a lot of sense, and it would just it would work for both guys. Yeah. Shout out to the Leech though. Co-main event. Great. Co-main event. Carlos Condit, Matt Brown. I'm gonna let you talk about what happened here. Because uh, what a fight. It was a great fight. It was a great fight. They really came out and did what we thought they were, they were going to do. Uh, Matt Brown had a really early takedown in round one. Held ground control for at least three minutes. Uh, Carlos did flip last minute and end the round on top. But to me, that wasn't enough to give the round to him. But apparently, to all three judges, it was. So I had a, I had Matt Brown up 1-0 going mm-hmm. into this round two. Condit controlled all of round two, 100%. Even on the ground, he was on the ground a lot. This whole fight, really, was on the ground a lot more than I expected it right. to be. Uh, but Condit looked good. Uh, had some potential submissions throughout the fight that he could have locked in, but Matt Brown, with the veteran expertise, didn't let that happen. Uh, so I have it one-to-one one going into round three. And round three was similar to round one, but it was a little bit more half-and-half half in terms of ground control compared to the first round. But I still felt like Matt did more on the ground However, they talked about the total strikes at the end of the fight, and it was actually pretty significantly in hand for Condit, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Yeah. So I think that played a big factor, and of course, obviously the judges said he won all three rounds. Even if I would have, you know, said Condit won, I still would have scored it two to one, regardless. I didn't think he won round one. Uh, round three was the biggest toss up for me. Great fight though. They both dug deep, showed, you know, turned the clock. A little bit. Matt Brown, 40 now. Condit's 36 or 37. So many fights between those guys. And it was a war, just like we thought was going to yeah. happen. Yeah, again, what I said before is two guys that are maybe a step or two slower than they were in their prime going in there and showing that they have not lost any of their heart. They might have lost some of that that speed or that power, that skill level. But at the end of the day, they're still two of the yeah, just man. they have some of they're the, just dogs. They're dogs, yeah. you know. They they're fighters at heart, savages. You know? Now for Matt Brown, unfortunately, I think that might be it for him. Might even be it for both. They might be it for both. I mean, Condit. This was the last fight on his contract, yeah. and I guess that means it wasn't for Brown. So maybe there is another fight for him. He didn't look. They both awful. looked good. Like, they both could easily get another fight. Yeah, I don't think Matt Brown looked bad at all. I think the 30-27s does him a complete dis- uh, yeah. injustice when you go off of what was seen. I, it was a very back-and-forth fight, very even, evenly matched, I thought. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I'm not going to match make for Matt Brown just because I, I, I think that might be it for him. Condit, if he is brought back, and again, that's a big if because yeah. when you hear someone's contracts up, this happened with Anthony Pettis. I thought they were going to bring him back. And now he he's, and he's in PFL now. So, but if they bring back Condit, I got two in mind. Okay. And they're brothers. <laughs> Same. Nick Diaz fighting a second time, or he fights Nate Diaz at welterweight. Both said they're going to return in uh, 2021. Look For Nate, it looks like they're going to do a lightweight fight, according to Dana. Yeah. But for Nick, he was looking damn good. Uh, later, have a 2020 posting videos now, of him training. Now he's allowed to smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to smoke weed now in your fight camps, which is probably nice for those two guys. Um, uh, that would be fun for the fans, don't you think? I think so. You could do Carlos Condit, Nick Diaz as a fight night headliner. They might, they might have to put that on a pay-per-view because of it being Nick Diaz. But either way... That would be so much fun for both guys. Again, a turn back the clock. Two legends. They're going to go to battle. You know it. I'd love to see that five I, rounds. I want to see that for sure. Uh, I only threw Nate in there just because I, I think that Condit's good enough to fight even Nate. We can do a triple threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First time ever. a handicap match. <laughs> no, I uh, I definitely think Carlos has shown a lot in these last two performances that he still has something left. Pulling and, out two decisions in a row for yeah. a guy that's known as a finisher. Yeah. Could be looked at as a negative thing, but at the same time, to dig out a decision victory is also a positive. Yeah, so. there's no there's no shame in however you win, you know. So, yeah, I think that's all that really is to be said about that fight. It was a great fight, though. Mm-hmm. I really thought it might actually end up taking fight of the night up but yeah. then but then uh our main event here max holloway getting that win over calvin cater um i was wrong i'll be the first one to say it <laughs> i i thought i picked calvin cater to win this fight uh calvin cater was surging at this point the best he's looked uh, in these previous couple performances and even his loss over Zabit, he came on so strong at the end yeah. that i i thought maybe over five rounds it might be kind of like, i was thinking it might be like max volk too or Max started off real strong because mm-hmm. Cater is a slow starter. They mm-hmm. talked about that on the broadcast. But I thought maybe over the later rounds, Cater might somehow kind of take it, take over the fight a little bit. Um, that is not what happened here. This was – I don't know what to say. It was one of the best performances I've ever seen in the UFC octagon. The output was – I was out of breath – Watching this fight, that's it. Max's output. He set all kinds of records. Let me, I got to pull up this picture. He set like eight records last night. Um, over the course of five rounds, he threw. Let's see, he threw seven hundred and forty-six strikes. Attempted. <laughs> he landed four hundred and forty-seven of those. Crazy. Both UFC records. 445 of the 447 strikes landed were significant. What two weren't significant is what I want to know. Yeah. Uh, he attempt. I mean, there's so many freaking le- records on here. I don't want to read all of them, but like output. 746 strikes attempted. The previous one, which was set by Colby Covington against Robbie Lawler, was 541. Yeah. He beat it by 200. It showed. It showed, too. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. He uh, in one round, Noah, he landed one hundred and forty one strikes in one round. Yeah, I mean this fight definitely could have been stopped. <laughs> I thought it should have been stopped in round, the fourth round. About fourth round. Even yeah. Dana said the same thing and he was getting kind of concerned about it, yeah. which I was a little surprised about. I didn't think uh Cater looked that out of it. Like I thought it could have been stopped, but this to me was not as egregious as like uh Aldo with Peter Young yeah. and stuff. Like I thought I've seen a lot worse or Anthony Smith with uh the, the, Glover to share. Yeah. Like I think I've seen worse, but the fact that Cater took never it went down. Yeah. Never got dropped was unbelievable. We're dealing with a different breed this night, people. Jesus. I mean, you know, Max has the shine for being that guy who literally has the most fights without ever being knocked down. Yeah, well, it's uh twenty four fights now in the yeah. UFC, never been knocked down once. And for Cater to kind of take all of what Max had and never went down. I mean, he was hurt. Bad it, it at was, times. It was unbelievable. Max, let me just say that right elbow, dude. 
just slice. I mean, open. sliced him up. Oh my gosh! Then he that, kept doing it. It was beautiful, right man. between the guard. So Ooh. beautiful. Mm. I, it was a wonder to watch. I was but sitting there. Max's and, body work, by the way. Yeah, well, that's what opened it. He was hit oh. the body, and then he would come over with that right elbow. Calvin was in a tough way. He broke his nose. Oh. His face was all. Dan Hardy up. mentioned he may have even had a broken rib the way he started at, or was yeah. breathing in the corner. It was master class. Just a clinic. Like, and you thought I, Holloway against Ortega was a performance? Yeah. Holy shit. It's the best performance. I think it would have been performance of the year for 2020 if it had oh, happened. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And for now, it's looking like an early contender for... <laughs> They've got... The fighters have a lot to live up to. You know, 2021's got a lot to live up to because this was the best I've ever seen Max look. And I never thought, even though I said that I thought he was going to lose and I was like, I still didn't think he had like lost a step. I never thought we would see him look better. He's gained a step than he did against Ortega. But you, as you just said, he, 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 he looks better. His output. That's the thing. You know, these Volkanovsky fights, he his, output, his output was a little lessened in these, in these Volkanovsky fights compared to what he did with Ortega or even Poirier. And I think that points a lot to how good Volkanovsky yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. And for Calvin, what did I say leading up? I said, if you're going straight boxing, Calvin Cater's got the pedigree. Yeah, it didn't look well, like it. Well, you know, I, to a certain extent, said that. I, you know, I said as a whole, in terms of all striking, it's definitely max. If we're talking strictly boxing, it would be Cater. It didn't show. It didn't show. And I, the, all respect to Cater, I just think he ran into a guy who... What did I say? Fucking... I said for Cater... A guy with nothing to lose is a dangerous guy. Max was the one who fought like he had nothing to lose here. It was unbelievable. I mean, he was taking... He had a chip at on some his point, shoulder, he, At man. some points, he was just... Like, Cater was throwing wild, and he was t- eating it. Like, yeah. Max was like, oh, you want to throw these wild haymakers? Well, I'll take them just to yeah. beat the shit out and, of you. And I'll counter it with five, six punch yeah. combinations. And then that fifth round, he's talking to the this, corner. I just got chills. The, cold, the coldest thing I've ever seen. This is the most savage shit you'll ever see in any sporting event ever. <laughs> Any sport. Mm-hmm. He, with a minute, around a minute and 36 seconds in the fifth round, for any of you that haven't watched the fight, you need to go watch this. You need to go watch the whole fight. But specifically, the I, I already rewatched this fight last night at 1 in the morning. I had to watch it again. And uh, he looks at the commentary team. <coughs> Max Holloway is in the middle of a fight, looks over to his left to the commentary team, and says, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. Then, while he's still looking at them, lands a beautiful right cross right on the face of Cater. Then, backs out of the way and head swivels away from like four strikes. Never got hit once by Cater. All while looking at the commentary team. Yeah, He was not looking at Calvin Cater. It was the coldest thing I've ever seen. And then kept looking at Calvin and said, who's the freshman? I'm the freshman. Uh, because in the lead up to this fight... Calvin Cater's actually older than Max Holloway. And he said, I'm going to treat Max as if he's the freshman in high school and I'm the senior. Mm-hmm. And uh, Max took that. Uh, you know that MJ meme? Yeah. Max took that personally. Yeah, and uh, also, I don't even know where I was going there. But just, <laughs> God, I just, what a performance. It, I have not digested it yet. Well, let's talk about some matchmaking here. Now, first, post-fight interview, Max says... Had if a mic drop moment. Didn't really he said fall it, much, you know. Said if something happens between, he said he's staying in Abu Dhabi for the pay per view. Told everybody to check out the pay per view, being a good company man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then said if anything happens to with the Dustin Connor fight, that the UFC can hit him up. Um, Dana kind of shot that down, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. That he is like, yeah, turn he's, me around and fight at lightweight. Savages. He's a savage, man. Straight killer. Max Holloway is born, bred fighter. And this is what's going to lead me into what I, my matchmaking here. At featherweight, what's next for Max is he waits for the winner of uh, Ortega, Ortega Bolt, Bolt. which is next month. Or March, sorry. But since that's happening in March, and then depending on how much of a war that fight is, you might not get that title fight till like, summer, maybe August. Yeah. yeah. Um, if Max is able to heal up and turn around before then... Maybe you still Maybe do goes, Nate, uh, Nate Diaz at lightweight. I'm still throwing that out there. I know it's a bit out of left field and nobody's really talked about it. but It's not like an awful idea. I just think that if you want a big fight that the fans are going to love for Nate Diaz at lightweight, I think a fight with Max would be mm-hmm. do 
especially after that win. And yeah. even if he loses to Nate Diaz, he still has the title fight. It's just oh, like yeah. when he lost yeah. to Poirier. Exactly. When he was going for two belts, and then he went back down and defended against Frankie Edgar. It didn't yeah. lose. It didn't make Max any less of a dominant champion. Or less of a star. Yeah. It just it just makes people respect it just made, more. Made, it actually gave Poirier more of a bump, yeah. I think. Um, that's that's my two matchmakings there. That's all I'm going to Yeah, I... Okay, so I'm not going to, like, matchmake for him at lightweight, although I don't disagree that he could. But I'm just going to kind of stick with featherweight for now mm-hmm. and say, hey, uh, wait for your shot. Vulcan, Ortega, in March. So maybe you get that late summer. Now, for Cater, kind of a kind of a cool spot here. So let's see. We've got Ortega, Volk. Zabit's chilling. Zabit's chilling. Yair's suspended until March. Mm-hmm. And then we got Korean Zombie. That's who's ahead of Cater. Well, I was calling for Zombie and Zabit, uh, and I would still love to see that fight. But, buddy, Zombie and Cater sounds awful damn fun to me. It does sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> I actually still going to stick with Zombie Zabit. And do Yair. Yair, yeah. Cater. Yeah. Either one of these three in front of Cater is a fight to make, for sure. Yeah, uh, the Yair-Cater fight just, uh, that that interests me a That's lot. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, really, any of those fights are fun. I mean, Cater, Zombie, just... She... <laughs> you kind of got me, like, sitting here going, man. Just because those are two guys that take so much punishment, and obviously yeah. Cater showed that in this Max fight. But Cater needs to take a long layoff, though. Yeah, I don't want to see him again. That was a lot like, of damage. I don't want to see him again until, like, June, July. Yeah. August. Take, take some time. Get your head right. In a loss like that's probably got to play with you, you know, for yeah, a while. So, but either way, like, Korean Zombie number five, Yair number four, Zabit number three. Cater's not going to move back. He's right. going to sit right at number six. So uh, either one of those three guys, if it plays out how I would love it, I would still do Zabit Zombie then Yair Calvin, like you said. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, either one of those three for Calvin makes sense. For Max, wait and get your title shot. If you go up to lightweight. You're an absolute beast. Uh, he did put on quite a spectacular performance. Uh, you know, Habib, I don't know if you were watching, man. You know, if you, you want to do something fun for the fans. But uh, either way, man, Max Holloway, unbelievable. Yeah. What? This was the first ever card for MMA ever on ABC. The first fighting in general in combat sports in 20 years. Uh, and what a way to just showcase the sport, showcase the company. The UFC undoubtedly will be back on ABC after yesterday. Completely agreed. Shout out to Max. Shout out to all the winners on this card. And just shout out to the UFC. They're back in a big way. And that's going to lead us into what's next for this week. Woo! Uh, you guys, if you're watching this on Monday. we got We're recording while you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Tuesday we have our preview for Neil Magny versus Michael Chiesa, a card that's probably going to not get quite the shine. This we're going to have some did. fun with this one. Yeah, this is going to be one we're going to dig in a little deeper. Six-fight main card. Six-fight main card. At so. noon Eastern on Wednesday. Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. But that's that's my work-from-home day. Yeah. Shit, I get to just watch yeah, fights. That's exactly. fine with me. Uh, so that'll be coming to you on Tuesday, and then the card happens on Wednesday. Yep. So then Thursday we'll have our recap of those fights and then Friday we're previewing McGregor versus Poirier 2 Dominic are you even ready No I'm not I was I wasn't ready to do this preview on Friday <laughs> I'm not ready to do the preview for Wednesday I'm damn sure not ready to do the 257 yeah. preview Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier co-mained with freaking uh, Michael Chandler's debut against Dan Hooker. We've got Amanda Hebos and uh, Marina Rodriguez fighting on that card. Uh, Joanne Calderwood and Jessica I. Mm-hmm. Lots of great fights on that main card. The prelims are a fight night in itself. We yeah. might even have to sprinkle in a little bit of that on there. <gasps> Coming Friday. And then the following Monday we'll no, recap not. those cards. Yeah, that's so, when our extravaganza comes to an yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. So uh, be on the lookout for all that content. Basically, just check out our pages every day and you'll yeah, probably have something. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, uh, but until then, Dominic Salee, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at dcelee14. I almost read our podcast. <laughs> find our podcast on Twitter, Instagram, at baj underscore... MMA podcast. Also, small plug, personally here, started uh, writing 
with a MMA website, uh, Overtime Heroics. I just wanted to plug this because I've got a preview coming out as we're recording today, but you'll see it Sunday, Monday, all mm-hmm. week for Amanda Rivas and Marina Rodriguez. Check that out before our preview on Friday. That's my shameless plug. Noah, take it away. Yep. Check out Overtime Heroics. Dominic, he is now an MMA journalist. Congratulations for making your way into the, the elite. Yeah, thanks. Um, as for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, as well as the links to the social medias. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, along with Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there are a couple links for the Anchor page. First, recording a voice message is something that we want to hit hard in 2021. If you have a thought or an opinion or an idea about a fight, about a news story, about a segment, about anything we do, if you just want to say hi, if you just want to call us a piece of shit, record it. And we'll include it in the episode. (laughs) Depending on yeah. that, how vulgar it is. And uh, also, there's a link on there if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month, and all that money goes back into improving the podcast, whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So, again, you can find all that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. But with that, we're out, and we'll see y'all on Tuesday.